show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here was your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're still alive. And that may be a good thing for some of you, as you all know. And if this is your first time, you are listening to the absolute best radio show in the country, in my opinion, of course. The Greg Carrasco Show. Every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m., it's just a straight-up stream of consciousness. Whatever is populating my brain this week gets accumulated like a pimple. <laughs> and Saturday morning is when you ask your wife to say, come here, honey, can you help me? Because I can't reach. <laughs> That's a lovely visual. Good morning, Lex. How are you? I can't. 
Good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm I'm spectacular. Spectacular. Yes. Yes. It's it's good to see uh, Jody back here uh, working. Mm. Yep. It's, uh, there's not enough alcohol in the studio. That's a bit of a problem. You know, we uh, we all need that uh, that liquid encouragement on Saturday mornings to just to wake you all up. <laughs> As you know, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity uh, for a limited time. And it's always a limited time. Don't believe that. Eh? <laughs> the deals always come back. <laughs> Yeah, they always say it's like unlimited time. Yes. yes. Unlimited time. Yeah, limited quantities. It's like, oh, we have Until to go. <laughs> Do I need well, a car? No, but we have to go. <laughs> well, stock lasts. Sure. Like the plants <laughs> are shutting down immediately after this promotion. But we have to say it, folks. We got to do it. Because uh, if we don't sell some cars, we can't bring this radio gold to you. So for a limited time, <laughs> you can get a brand new Infinity QX60. Have we replaced the uh, the commercials yet with the uh, with the August? Yes, we did. We did. Wow, that's amazing. Unlimited time. <laughs> it's like uh, it, it, it's like when uh, back in the day when all of the videos from Disney will go back into the Disney vault, never to be opened again. That's <laughs> it, man. That is it. I have no idea what you're talking about, but sure. Let's so, go with that. Let's, I'm a let's, Disney boy, you know. I'm sorry. You a Disney Disney boy, yeah, that's just so weird. <laughs> hey, musical um, theater man, that's where I, that, that that's where I grew, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's just Lex, ah, Lex, Lex. But anyways, as I was saying, you can get a brand new Infinity QX80 for one point nine nine percent lease rate. What? It's, uh, are we going back to the times before Trudeau when interest rates were reasonable? Uh, maybe. So there was a, a bit of a time machine going on right now at Oakville Infinity, and you can get 1.99% interest rate. Do you remember when the mortgage rates were that low? No, I was probably wasn't even – probably just wearing diapers. I don't even what? know. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's right. I forget you don't have a mortgage. You know, when I grow up, I want to be just I want to be just like you, Jyoti. Thank you for mortgage shaming me. Um, <laughs> no, I have a mortgage. Everybody has a mortgage. You can't live in Canada without a mortgage. Actually, you could, unless you decide to get married again, and then you have to buy a bigger house and another room and renovate the house, and you know, uh, nothing is nothing comes here without a price. Okay, let's be real. I think that Canada's seen better days, man. I think that we're we're on decline right now. I don't know, man. It makes me want to second, you know, be like, hmm, do I really want to live in Canada forever? Well, I I was I was listening uh, be, while I was waiting for you guys to come to work this morning, and I was parked outside since six thirty. Six thirty? Yeah, yeah. I got really. Yeah, you kicked out I of get, the house that early morning. No, man. I get up at five something. Go for a walk. Uh, Take your little little Chihuahua that has kind of problems. Hey, 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 hey! Chihuahuas are cute. They're so stupid. They're cute. Yeah. By the way, how is your little thing going? <laughs> he is. I swear to God, man, is jacked up. He has got such a roid rage right now. <laughs> you know, I open the door, the back door from my house, and then just go like, "What? What? Who's here? A squirrel? Let's." Stare at And you expect me to be a little bit like, you know, like, oh, that's so cute. No, man. Of course I, I'm going to laugh at stuff like that. My, 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 uh, I have two dogs. Uh, my dog Marcus is just turning into, he, he's going into this. <laughs> 
he's always talking back, man. He's always talking back. It's like the teenage years. He just he's always right, and he doesn't matter what you do. He's always barking. I walk in the house, I bark. I leave the house, I bark. I stay in the house, I bark. Jeez, what's going on? I want to send them to military school. I kid you not. If you have a mouthy teenager, the only thing to do is send them to military school. Then they'll tell you some, teach them some respect. I think that they should bring the mandatory draft to Canada. You know how you many blue hairs won't make it? What's that? So you can send your dog. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am willing to send Marcus to a full-on military school just to straighten out his attitude. <laughs> you can't hit your kids in Canada, right? So that's a, unless you live in an immigrant, you know, household, because that's a whole that's a whole, that's a whole different scenario. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. You get flying everything. <laughs> yep. You say what to your mom? Oh. You say what? You get that look. I know. And you're like, oh, oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, oh something's happening here. <laughs> you're scared your whole way, like on oh. your way home, and sitting in the back of the car, hoping she forgot. Oh no! But, oh, they, but they don't. They, they don't, don't forget. No, 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 no. no. Let you it know, belt. the last time I took a beating uh, and I'm talking I'm, I'm not talking about like little wooden spoon I'm talking about like a no I'm talking about the rubber seal on a on a <laughs> on a washing machine you know this old ones from the 70s the round ones that had a lid we should probably put a disclaimer on this conversation what? poor kids are probably sitting in the back of the car crying like, I know what? I know but the last time I, I you know my grandmother uh, you know asserted you know <laughs> her dominance I was 17 years old it was like six months before I left for Canada <laughs> oh wow oh dude you know what my tra- transgression was I went out with my buddies the night before and I fell asleep on their couch good job oh wow it was great it was great I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up and I had shoe polish all over my face my (laughs) shoelaces were all tied up I fell when I woke up it it was just brutal but it was like 4 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. it was it was an accident grandma you're dead but it was (laughs) it was an accident that was honestly that was the last time I actually really really spoke to her because uh, she beat me so much that I didn't speak to her for like 5 years like I'm done man I have this ability to shut things down Mm -hmm. you know I I, I push it I push it I give people chances 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 and you're done it's finished you're dead to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Grandma was dead to me for five years, and then she died soon after. It was, like, so sad. Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> I didn't know any better. <laughs> she was probably worried dead. But um, anyways, oh, I forget that the, the show is also brought to you by Oakville <laughs> Nissan. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have an offer. You can get a, a Nissan Rogue SV. Uh, it means nothing to you folks, but an SV is the middle of the line. It's, a, it's, it's right there. It's not too simple. It's not too loaded. You can get it for $99 a week plus tax with only thirty four ninety five down. It's not a lot of money. I mean, I like to think that. But $99 a week plus tax is pretty reasonable. Would you say that? 99? Oh, very, very reasonable. You, how? What are your basis of comparison? I need to sell you a Nissan, dude, because you're driving a Honda, right? That's what you drive. I do. I do. I what, do what do you have? Is it a CRV? It's an HRV. HRV. Yeah, yeah. That's the size of the of the cash guy. I like those HRVs. Man. Very good cars, man. What man. year is it? Uh, twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm up for I'm I'm up for uh, a new lease next year. Oh, interesting. I know that I will never be able to convince Jody to get a real car. She drives a toy car. You know what? That toy car sometimes pisses me off. This morning, okay, 
my husband has everything set up to a phone, like Wi-Fi, and my I don't know why my Wi-Fi on my phone wasn't working this morning. I just closed the garage, and guess what? I couldn't from my phone because, you know, the Wi-Fi wasn't working on my phone. And then I was like, okay, I'll go jump in. You know, I'm going to take the Tesla. And he puts lock, like, passcodes on everything. There's a passcode to get to the glove box. I'm like, why? Wow. (laughs) Why? Because. (laughs) Like, who's going to get there to take your garage remote? Oh, no. I would get, I would hate to get into a fight with him. He would lock you out of everything. He would lock out of your own brain. Probably. Probably. (laughs) How's he doing, though? He was sick. He was sick. My whole family was sick, and I was the only one that was like, no. Are you infected? Are no. you down with the sickness? Do you want a hug? No, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you stay want a hug? stay away from me. Nice that I'm off the other Let side of the glass the right now. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from me. You know, before we uh, we go into a, a short little break, I want to send a couple of shout outs. Um, did we were we able to get a hold of uh, the doctor to come and talk to I us? Messaged for, him. He hasn't responded. Not yet. What is his name again? Dr. K. Dr. K. I had an awesome conversation with Dr. K. We were fanboying each other last time he came on air. Dr. K, if you happen to be listening to the radio station that you work for, uh, can you call us? Please. Um, I, um, I want to uh, I want to have you on because uh, I'm going to share some finding, folks. Uh, I, I, think that, um, I think that we've been lied to. Uh, we've been lied to in uh, in gargantuan proportions in relation to the way that we're supposed to be eating. Um, I um, about eleven days ago, I was feeling awful. Like, honestly, I was just feeling awful. Now I have been toying with uh, with eating in a ketogenic lifestyle for the better part of the last eight or nine years, and uh, from time to time. I, 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 I I break down, man, and uh, I I would just stuff my face with bread and wash it down with Coca Cola, and then I'll have some pizza and just like oh, it's so yummy. Oh, this Coke is it's amazing, man. It's the yeah, Coke co- that gets to you. Coca Cola is my is with like ice in it. Oh yes, keep talking. Nectar of the devils, is it now? No, man. You know when you know when you grow up like super poor in another country. That's how they stuff your stomach, man. Oh, it's yeah, bread yeah, and tea or bread and pop. Exactly. Yeah, they were there were two liter bottles of pop for breakfast back home because it was so cheap and sugar was just like jacked you up mm-hmm. and you were, you you fell full but you were so severely mal- malnourished. But anyways, so oh. uh, over the last little while, I, I've been dealing with this. This uh, construction company that did some renovations in my house, and again they uh, they were awful, and <laughs> it's been it's been not good, right? And uh, I, I needed to I needed to make myself feel better, or so I thought, right? Because I was just depressed. I wasn't I wouldn't say depressed, but I was like down. Frustrated. I was I was I wasn't feeling well because this guy was supposed to be a friend of mine, and he ended up being a complete babbling idiot, and <laughs> it, it was just just a whole situation, and the work was off. And so, anyways, so I wasn't feeling really good. I was waking up in the morning with this huge fog, and it's like, oh, I need to do something. So. I decided to do something that I've been thinking about doing for a very, very, very long time. So about 11 days ago, I went fully carnivore. Mm. Yeah, f- f- fully, fully, 100% carnivore. Like, I'm talking almost a kilo and a half of meat a day. 
Okay. Oh, wow. This is a kilo and a half, like almost three pounds. Damn. Yeah, three pounds of fat. Mm. Red meat? Of course, of course. Steaks, huh? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, steak is my jam. Anybody that knows me, anybody that has ever in, spent any significant amount of time with me, understand my love affair with steaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they don't even make it home. I just open the package and I eat it on the way home, like straight from the package. like Just raw. Yeah, of course. That's the only way to eat meat. Have you seen that video what? on Instagram? Not a video. It's like an account. And the, the guy just eats everything raw. Oh, but, you know, he. I think that he was exposed. Uh, he, w- he kept on telling people that uh, he was all naturally jacked like that because he's like a bodybuilder or something. Mm-hmm. And he would eat like liver raw and yeah. everything raw. Yeah. Whoa. Now, I can I can get behind that, but uh, I, I can't Are get the fact like that? that. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> it's just a, it's mostly because people get grossed out at the idea of eating uh, raw meat, which is the way that we ate for millions of years. It's like, oh my God, that's, that's so gross. I, I, I can't see it. Like, really? <laughs> like, settle down, man. <laughs> that's the way that your ancestors ate for millions and millions and millions of years. This is before they even planted the first seed and started mess- messing up your system. But anyway, so I, uh, I started eating 100% carnivore for about 11 days now. And uh, the the initial results, because I only have 11 days worth of data, <laughs> the initial results are nothing more than just unbelievable. Really? And uh, I, I couldn't possibly explain in, in a few minutes because we do have a guest coming in a couple of, uh, in a couple of minutes. So I'm going to dedicate um, the, after, the, after the break of the hour, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you folks some of the stuff that I have found. And uh, I've been reading quite a bit about it and um, anecdotal experience and some, I've read some studies and so on and so on. And I want to share with you because I think that we – I think that we are being manipulated. Uh, we are being we're being lied to by the food industry, and uh, they're 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 using feelings to uh, to assess uh, nutritional value into foods, and uh, uh, it, it, the whole idea is just to make you eat more and just be fat. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this is the first time in in the history of the planet. The first time in the history of the planet that almost more people are dying because they are eating too much than because they're eating too little. And at least that's 100% the case in the United States. In the United States and now Canada, because Canada is getting fatter by the minute, um, there are more people dying because they're eating too much than because they're eating too little. And uh, that is an alarming, alarming statistic. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about that. Hopefully we can uh, uh, get in touch with uh, Dr. K. Uh, But uh, on the other side of the the short little break, um, we are going to have a homeschooling expert. Um, if you have seen what uh, the educational system is doing to kids in the uh, in North America for the last few years, uh, you would a hundred percent understand uh, that the only solution to this is probably just take your kids out of regular school and homeschool them, or find uh, an organization that is like uh, like minded, uh, and perhaps your kids will not turn out to be. What what do we call them? Activist? 
Uh, they, yeah, they, are, they, they are activists. <laughs> they, 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 become, they come out of school being radicals. What is happening? We were supposed to teach kids how to think, not what to think. Their mind is already made up. Uh, you know, it's not unusual for kids coming out of elementary or high school hating their parents. You know, I'm a, I'm a patriarch. You know, I'm, I'm the reason why women are oppressed. I also work in the car industry, so I'm killing the planet. So I'm a planet murderer. On top of that, I'm a carnivore. <laughs> so I'm killing, you know, precious little cows. What is happening to us? This is coming from somewhere. Well... We're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into this uh, with, with our next guest. So we're going to take a short break, folks. Um, we are live, and you are listening to Saga 960 AM. You can always call me, 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Across the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We're Canada's largest radio show on weekends. And uh, we, we discuss all sorts of topics. All sorts of topics. Uh, before we go into my next, next guest, I want to send uh, a couple of shout-outs. Um, I want to send a shout-out to the folks at uh, Oakville Finest Butcher. Uh, no, these are my endorsements here are not paid. I, I whenever I have interactions with good people, I'd like to talk about them on the show so Oakville Butchers uh, is around the corner there on um, on Wycroft and 4th Line if I'm not mistaken right in the middle of Oakville and uh, I went to um, I wanted to replenish my fridge with some meat as you all know I need pounds and pounds and pounds of it and uh, I met these folks there and they, they were so unbelievably kind yesterday they prepare a couple of uh, two bags of fat steaks have you ever heard of this uh, Jody? no Yes, yeah, just fat um, steak. Yeah, so it's a steak, but it's just That's fat. it's just fat, mm. just fat. So you barbecue it, and it's like candy. <laughs> my mouth is <laughs> my mouth is <laughs> just marbling. That's it. It's just no, it's just fat, like straight up fat. Wow, it's just straight up fat is delicious. And I also want to send a big shout out to my boy Steve BKS from uh, Chronic Inc. up in up in Markham. Uh, I've been to see him for the last couple of weeks, and he finished my back piece uh, that we've been working on for almost a year. And uh, I, I, 
I, I love it. I love the pictures of it. And because it's on my back, I will never be able to see it with my own eyes. So I only have to deal with the unbelievable amount of compliments that I get. <laughs> and last week, Jody's not even paying attention to me. No. She's just like busy. Like the rest of the women in my life, just looking at their phone while I talk. But anyways, I, without... <laughs> a screen. I was looking at a screen. Yeah, you were complaining about that no, too. That's great. Yeah, you want a box great. of Kleenex right now? No. You want to cry it out? Uh, no, no. I know you're heartless already, so <laughs> you, you don't get to me. But folks, I wanted to discuss, uh, you know, my, my, my next guest. My next guest is, uh, her name is uh, Thea Shoemaker. And uh, the uh, the the website is uh, homeschoolingradionot.com. And uh, Thea, thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Show this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, and one of the main reasons why I, I wanted to speak with you this morning is because, uh, you know, like many people in the in North America, we are moving into our second families. <laughs> we we uh, the, the starter family didn't work for one reason or another, and then uh, then you get into a more serious relationship as you get older, and uh, you see some of the effects that the school system had in your initial. Uh, and your first kids, and then you think, ah, if I know, if I knew then all that I know now in relation to the school system, would I still send them to school? And that is a that is a question that's alive in my mind right now because most likely I'm going to have children again, and uh, then I'm I'm confronted with this decision: Do I send them to the indoctrination camps that our our schools have become over the last couple of decades? And you know what made you interested in homeschooling? How did how did it all begin? That's a great story. So, um, ironically, it was the issue of socialization that flipped the switch for my husband to be on board with homeschooling. I was ready to homeschool when our children were born. My husband was not. So as a result, our oldest went to traditional school her for first grade, mm-hmm. and it was a fine school. We loved the teacher, but the teacher told us at the spring parent-teacher conference that um, in this class of 16 students where the desks were put apart four by fours, they would often put our then six-year-old at the group of desks with the children who misbehaved, hoping that she would rub off on them. Mm. Now, that sounds like a compliment at first. But it's and, not. And that is exactly how, right, that's how she meant it, though. And again, we love this teacher. But the first thing that went off in my mind is bad company corrupts good character eventually, right? And mm-hmm. number two, that this precious firstborn box checker is probably wondering what she's doing wrong to be put at this table. And when we got in the car to leave, Uh, my husband looked at me and said, do you think you'd be ready to homeschool in the fall? And I said, absolutely, we can do that. So, again, it was uh, when when you hear people concerned about homeschooling, the first thing they usually say is, what about socialization? And we can talk about that later. But that can also be reversed because at the end of the day, Greg, someone is going to be socializing your children. It's just a matter of who, for how long, and to what degree. And and that's a, that's a that's a terrifying thought, because look, yeah. I mean, is you don't have to really be a, a, a you know an expert for you to understand this sort of nonsense that is you know our kids are being exposed to in school, and uh, it, it's all being 
projected under the disguise of diversity and inclusion. But the reality is that the indoctrination that is happening right now through socialization with people that you may or may not have as friends is, is going to happen no matter what. So, you know, here is a question for you. What do you believe? I mean, we're going to break this down for, you know, for people that are listening right now and, and, and they may be considering the possibility of homeschooling. What do you believe the benefits are for homeschooling in relation to traditional schooling? And uh, what are those things that homeschooling provides that the traditional school does not? Wow, that's we could do a whole show on that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, the benefits are, are really endless if you understand from the beginning. Now, I'm, I'm not quite sure how it is. Um, in all of Canada, but in the, in the United States, we've been brainwashed to outsource things. Okay. We outsource our healthcare. We outsource, you know, to quote unquote experts. And I heard you talking about your love of meat. We would agree on that. Um, and, uh, and outsourcing the education of our children. Now, that's not to say that everyone has to homeschool. We want all educational environments to thrive. But when one isn't thriving or there isn't another option, homeschooling is an option. So it begins with taking ownership of and responsibility for our child's education. And once you are down with that paradigm, then, you know, you're going to be able to get into the swing regardless. Yes, regardless of where your child sits for their ABCs. And let's hope that they're getting their ABCs. And that's one of the benefits is that. You can control the curricula, and that is, that's paramount. Now, curricula isn't the end-all, be-all, because we're going to teach the child, the human. We're not going to teach, um, you know, pedagogy at age five, and we're not going to teach a developmentally inappropriate material at age five. And that's what's going on. That's how the indoctrination happens, is that this very adult material is taught to our children when they're not able to grapple with it. You know, I loved when I taught in community and when I taught in traditional schools, I loved teaching teenagers. It's one of the, it's the funnest thing I think I've, I've done because they're in that dialectic stage of learning where they're branching out. They're trying to connect the dots and make sense and find patterns, which is what we do as humans in order to function. And so you're able to have that Socratic discussion when they get older, but not when they're five. When they're five, they need reading, writing, and arithmetic. They mm -hmm. need a phonics program. They need a math program, and they need to read, read, read. You could do nothing but read to and with your children uh, every day, and they're going to have discussions about what you read, and they're going to be just fine. So are you originally by trade an educator? Are you a, are you, were you a teacher in your previous life? No, I was not. I was a, a business major. And <laughs> when it came to, uh, again, when our children were born, I, I just knew um, that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to direct our child. I grew up in a, a, a mixed uh, public and private school experience. My husband grew up with a very good public school experience. And uh, we just didn't find that um, that nurturing of the person. Now, that's not to say that, uh, again, that you teach inappropriate things, but you have to teach the whole child and you have to teach to, we've done such a disservice to our teachers 
and our children and our schools. Um, you know, each child learns differently, yet we pack our schools. We the same tell our way. teachers they cannot discipline, and we've, we've turned our teachers into administrators versus teachers. And, you know, we've done the same to healthcare here. We've turned doctors into pill pushers and doctors into business people. So where are we to go for education and healthcare? Um, and a lot of people are, you know, to your point, taking their own health care into their, into their own control. And uh, that's what homeschoolers do with, uh, with education. It's, it is fascinating to see how people that uh, question everything. I mean, I, I, I so deeply descri- uh, subscribe to the idea of the cart of the omnibus to be tandem. You question everything. And uh, whenever there is something that is being pushed a little bit more than normal, that is not a natural progression of society in relation to a specific topic, then you need to start following the money. And uh, I, I think that we have been so overrun with a corporate idea of everything. I mean, for example, in in the United States, jails, jails are a business. So they, they make laws to keep people in jail longer. Why? Because that's how they get paid. Mm-hmm. And and so on and so on and so on. In Canada, it's, it's becoming the same thing. We we claim to have a free healthcare system, but we don't really have a free healthcare system. You know, some of us are being taxed 70% of the dollar. And uh, then when you go to a hospital, then you have to wait for days at the time to be seen. So you either pay, you pay with your money and your taxes here, but you also pay with your time. Now, when it comes to education, it's it's a whole different scenario here because in Canada, based on my personal experience, and this is, again, I I need to disclose, I'm not an an expert subject matter. I'm not an educator. I'm just a regular citizen with a brain. And what I saw, what happened to my kids through the school system, through university, they came out on the other side as activists. And now I, I like to believe that I gave my children a very basic foundation of an intellectual approach to life in which they, they have to question this. And I know that eventually they will come back to this. But unfortunately, when you have the mind of a, of a teenager, when you have the, the mind of a young adult and you expose them to material that is more resembled to an indoctrination camp than actually an, an education camp, then you start questioning the outcome. So, you know, I mean, going back to the, the, the traditional school system, I mean, th- this this is coming from the Industrial Revolution. It's a Prussian style of, you know, babysitting your kids and preparing them to be working workers for the nine to five. And uh, I never liked that idea. I mean, we don't allow kids to be kids. So, you know, a question for you now is this. How do you ensure that a well-rounded education that covers everything is is given to your child if you're homeschooling them? Well, the resources are absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I, I tell new parents that, like all things that are worth it, right, um, homeschooling can be challenging on a good day, but not for the reasons they think. It's not for the reasons of calculus or physics or any of that, because the resources to help mm-hmm. you do that, whether they're scripted or whether you have a natural proclivity to teach those topics, and all of them exist in between, um, there are there, they're there to help and, and certainly available, whether it's at your library or you find it online. Um, and the, the tough part is, again, back to that ownership of and responsibility for the education. That's hard. 
that is a hard reality because the buck stops with you. And I, I liken it to when you bring your firstborn home from the hospital and, you know, after a few hours, you think, oh, my gosh, no one's coming to get this kid. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, it, it's, it's here and it's mine. And uh, we're going to take responsibility for it. And, you know, and then you get into a swing and then you get into different phases of life and learning, et cetera. And that's how homeschooling is. But that's hard for parents, especially when we've been taught to outsource it to the quote unquote experts. And so when you have that responsibility and you understand, hey, here's what I need to be doing at these at, at age, you know, whatever, zero through five. Um, or here's what I need to be doing. And certain here in the states, different states have different requirements and regulations for homeschooling. So, um, you know, certainly we follow that. We encourage everyone to uh, uh, be legal, so to speak. So there is that. But there are so many guidelines and resources to help give your children a comprehensive view. And even if you didn't have a huge budget to procure all of these resources, your kids learn just by being with you, Mm -hmm. whether it's clipping coupons to go to, you know, we're blessed to live like within two miles of three different grocery stores. That was an exercise for us because we had one income and we made sure that we lived extremely frugally. (laughs) So we made sure to um, include that in our homeschool. We were on a farm a lot. And so we learned about the cycles of life, whether we realized it or not. Um, about sowing and reaping and harvesting. So, you know, that your kids, again, they learn just by being with you. My, you know, my view on this is that I always question the, the qualifications. I mean, when I, before I converted to this ideology of perhaps homeschooling is the best approach, I always questioned the qualifications that one of the parents could have in relation to teaching the kids arithmetic or, you know, physics or, you know, chemistry and so on. But then another thought dawned on me is that, you know, and, and, and please allow me to just, you know, wander with you on, on air right now. Um, I was discussing, I, you know, my partner and I own a few Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools. And uh, one of the things that we've noticed is we had to determine that we have a competition program within our schools. And uh, a lot of the parents will come up to me and say, you know, how do we know when the kids are ready to compete? And uh, the question is that you don't. They'll tell you because competitors, you can't hold them back. But then if you extrapolate that ideology, for example, singers will sing, dancers will dance, accountants will count. You know, the, there is a natural proclivity of each human to be inclined to do certain things that come more natural to them. And I think that yeah. our school system... It's so, it's it's such a generalist system that we are teaching, you know, Einstein said you cannot judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree. And we are testing artists on their ability to uh, memorize calculus equations. And, And in my world, that doesn't make any sense. So... 
I mean, taking it back here a second, how do you measure the progress? Because you're still using traditional education standards to measure the progress on children. But we all know that every one of them is different. So how do you measure the progress of a homeschool child? That is a great question. And the, the key word there is progress. Okay, so we don't necessarily, well... I don't know any homeschoolers that teach to a test because that would go against any pedagogy that you would have to homeschool. But, um, you know, certainly we want them to be proficient in phonics, in reading, in arithmetic, etc. cetera. Um, and so we do test. You can, you know, take your Iowa tests or your CAT tests um, just to see if there are any holes in the curricula. But as long as they are progressing... You know, we have a lot of special needs students in the homeschool community um, where they just weren't being served in other in traditional environments. So, you know, you cannot hold uh, certain demographics to the same standard. So what do you measure? You measure progress. And that's good. Progress is always good in the in the scope of learning. And that's really what is that's just being in tune with your student. And, you know, teachers used to do that. Schools used to do that. Now it's a one-size-fits-all, top-down approach, because that's what the, the at least our federal government dictates um, at, the, at the moment for traditional environment. So you measure progress. You certainly can use traditional uh, norm reference tests in order to see if there are any holes in the basic subject matters. But, you know, to your point, we have, uh, for instance, one of ours is Love's Theater, Total mm-hmm. Theater Kid also happens to be uh, fantastic at math. In fact, he loved math so much that that's what got him into music. And getting him into music is what got him into theater, right? So Mm -hmm. you're able to teach while you have individual subjects, they're all connected, right? And whatever it is that for which you have a proclivity, you know, we have another one that is um, also extremely good at math, but uh, she went in a different direction with it. She is all business. She's an entrepreneur at 22 and, you know, all of this. Um, so when I think parents know when their children are progressing and that just, you know, at each stage, you're able to have that discussion. That's one of the many other benefits of, of homeschooling is that, look, you have this relationship and, you know, with different elements to it, whether it's teacher, whether it's principal, whether, you know, whatever role we're playing in the family in our home school. Uh-huh. And it brings up it brings up different dynamics. And frankly, it allows them to mature um, in a way where they can bring up conflict without freaking out or acting like they're, quote unquote, triggered. Um, you know, you're able to shepherd your child into a functioning, well-adjusted, hopefully there are always outliers, um, um, human, you know, that can function, that can understand differences as they mature and can have those discussions. So you measure progress, and certainly there are resources out there to help you measure, um, you know, your subject matter progress. 
I and uh, that's that's a very interesting uh, thought that you just uh, eloquently uh, you know explain here. You know, for me, one of the uh, one of the biggest conflicts that I have always had with education is that we have confused education with memorization because all that I, I used to see my kids just completely stressed out trying to memorize material in order for them to do well at a test. So if you if you don't have a good memory or you don't have good uh, a good skill set to memorize extensive amounts of material, you don't do well in school. The other thing that I, I, I happen to believe is that memorization is the opposite of creativity. <laughs> Just like you cannot disrupt the business and comply with at the same time, it's a, it's a very... It, it, it's, it's a contradiction, what we're trying to do right now. But, uh, Thea, I, we need to take a very, very short break. Please don't go anywhere. I have a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you on the other side of the break, so please sit tight. Folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest radio show on weekends, and this conversation is, is as impactful and as important as you could have, especially if you have young children at home. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. David Hasloff here. Now, I only have one thing to say that you need to make better life choices. Listen to The Greg Carrasco Show. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. You're one of those lucky ones. You're getting illuminated. You're getting enlightened. You're getting red pilled, as they call them. I know the left has made an incredible job trying to vilify that expression, but I can tell you this, and uh, I I owe this to an actual samurai. His name is Miyamoto Musashi, and the book of Five Rings. You know, he was, that was his masterpiece, The Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi. He said, once you understand the way broadly, you see it in everything. And then you start looking at the world with different eyes. You know, if, if something doesn't seem right to you, you need to listen to your intuition. You need to listen to your gut. Because if you don't, you are going to regret not listening to yourself later. It's incredible the number of people that I've talked to over the years that say to me, you know what? I should have listened to my gut. I should have listened to my gut. I should have listened to my gut. Should you have listened to your gut, Lex? Oh, yeah. You see, Definitely. 100%. What about you? 100% of the time. And you know, I, I know that uh, this is part of a broader conversation, but when, in, when it comes to education and what I felt that was happening to my children, 
after they went, especially when they hit high school, because this, you know, high school for my kids was roughly when the liberal government here in Canada had taken strong hold of society, and uh, uh, they came out as different children. And, I mean, I love them just the same, and they're brilliant in their own way. But now they they are certain, they are convinced. There is no other way around it. I mean. Parents are wrong, and uh, the you know, the world is dying. You know, the planet is 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 dying, and uh, uh, and we are the biggest contributors. And uh, if we don't do something right now, the world is going to end. What what is this? What what is this? This is not a critical thinking approach to society, to the world, to the environment, to everything else. And all I'm saying is this: I'm not saying that they're wrong. But what I'm saying is that when you become convinced of someone, with you know, of something, and it doesn't matter what I say to you about it, will never make you change your mind, then you're not a thinker, you're a radical. And that's what's coming out of school these days, Thea. Do you agree with that? 100%. We, unfortunately, are teaching our children what to think, not how to think. Because if you teach them how to think and how to learn, they're going to come up with reasonable answers or resolutions or patterns, and they're going to seek, just like you said, they are going to see broadly the issues Everywhere. and be able to dive down in, correct, and then they can dive down into the details and have those discussions. This is what university used to be, to a place to go debate ideas and human nature and the nature of power. I mean, I, when I look back and on, on my university experience, and I think even then it was an outlier, but, you know, it was, we would get into metaphysical discussions. They didn't call them that, but mm -hmm. they were, that's what they were nonetheless. And just about the nature of things and why things are, why is so huge. And that's what the indoctrination leaves out, right? So why are we learning this? Why are we um, taking this path? Why do we have to turn ourselves into a third world country in order to save the planet? Mm -hmm. Let's have that discussion. And trust me, we love to put those uh, questions to our young adults, is what I call them, in the, in the homeschool community. We expose them to ideas age appropriately that might be counter to our own value system so they can grapple with it. And when they do and they come up with resolutions and you can shepherd them through that discussion, guess what? They are more confident than ever that they can step out and disagree with someone amicably and, dis and have a functioning conversation and maybe say something that might occur to someone that hadn't before, right? That's how... That's how we used to function as a society. That's uh, is something that I love about debate. And uh, I, I taught my children very early on. We would bring a topic to the uh, you know the dinner table, and we would one day it would be two of us, you know, my son and myself, or my daughter and my my other son, to fight for that subject, and the other day would be against it, so you would understand both sides, and something that we practiced since they were very young. And you know, I, I, I'll tell you this, I, I love this idea of debate, I love this idea of understanding the world through your own eyes and through your own experiences, and one of the things that I take a lot of pride in is on this show is that I'm not married to any of my ideas, none, zero, anybody with 
enough evidence can actually change my mind. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's the opposite of radicalism. And, uh, you know, people get confused with that sometimes. You know, I, I, I wish I would have taken, you know, you on air a little bit earlier because now we have to, we have to break and uh, we have to move on. But to parents that uh, are considering, that are flirting with the idea of homeschooling, where can people find you, Thea, just to get a bit of an understanding of what to expect and what are the challenges and so on and so on and so on? So our website is homeschoolreadyornot.com, and there are three information sessions on the homepage. You can watch all three. They're not very long, and we funnel down the process to get started into get legal, get curricula, and get community. And I would say community is paramount. If you are considering homeschooling, find other homeschoolers. And you will, There again, the community is so diverse. There is a glove for every hand, for every family. And I would also say this, Greg, to your, to your point. On our refrigerator during our uh, uh, decades-long homeschool experience was the quote from Aristotle, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain, entertain an thought, idea yeah. With, <laughs> yeah, go without on. accepting it. Correct. <laughs> yes. And so that is, that's part of the goal, right? So that's what we, at homeschoolreadyornot.com, it's just to help parents get over that hump. They can do it. If they decide, right? (laughs) You got to decide that that's what you're going to do. Um, And certainly there's contact information there. If people have questions, I can respond via video. It's a video-based content. And or I can respond personally and uh, just help shepherd parents through that experience. It is the mark of a brilliant mind to entertain an idea without accepting it. What a good quote to end this segment with you, Thea. Thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Show, and you're welcome to come down anytime, and we can continue having this discussion. It was lovely to have you on air. Greg, thank you so much. It's been an honor. Take care. Thank you so much. Folks, that was the end of the first hour of the Carrasco Show. The only purpose of this show is to make you think. Just think. And if we change one mind, why not? The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are going to take a short break, and we're going to be right back. Remember, the phone lines are open, 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. What's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, Yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasso Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. 
Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg You know, this is one of my favorite songs. I don't know why. It makes me so happy every time I hear this song. It's a great vibe. Yeah, great it's, vibe it's, a, it's a good vibe. The, the lyrics make no sense. <laughs> but I, I, I always feel bad shutting it off. I play it often on the, on the radio show here, but I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> That's it doing it until you, Lex. It's a. I mean, I want to go and download it and listen to it myself. You know, it's a, it sounds like a really good vibe song and everything. I would love to learn this on the guitar and like and actually perform this one in a gig sometime. You know what I've been trying to play for the last few days is uh, I I bought a piano. Ooh, hello. I did. Yeah, Very I did. Nice. And uh, you know, in a previous life when uh, I I used to be married, uh, we had a <laughs> the this my started marriage. You know. Then you you know that started home that you always get rid of because it becomes too small real fast yeah yeah, yeah. so in, in my started marriage <laughs> we we had a piano and uh, you know my um, the person that I was with at the time she was a prolific piano player but she never played really so yeah the, the piano was just like sitting there looking all beautiful and classic collecting dust and uh, if if your musical instruments at home are collecting dust. You're missing the point of music. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I have a few guitars. My son, my eldest son asked me for one of them because he wanted to, you know, play it. And he taught himself how to play guitar. He's a fantastic singer. And uh, I, I wish that he would, you know, sing more. But, you know, he's just a loser. So he doesn't want to sing for me or for the house or anybody. So he just saves it for himself. Selfish. <laughs> Josh is selfish. Uh, but anyway, so I uh, we we got into this conversation about this piano that I, I was going to buy from her. So when we stopped living together, I was going to buy it. And uh, uh, it belonged to her grandmother. So it was a family heirloom. So I said, look, you know, I'll buy the piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I die, I'll leave it to the kids. So yeah. they're still going to stay in the family. But yeah. uh, nope, 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 nope. Okay. No problem. So, <laughs> oh boy, I'm on my own piano. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's uh, I was just trying to be not wasteful, you know, and add to the to the excess of the world that we live in. So. <laughs> Uh, the the other day, why are you laughing, Lex? <laughs> because it, it, because that's the thing. It's where piano is not wasteful. It is something that contributes to the life of society oh, yeah. and the family and anything. And just having a piano is just a good thing overall. You so, know? so listen, I, I made myself a promise a long time ago that uh, uh, the the day I retired, 
that I was going to start taking piano uh, lessons full time and do jujitsu uh, on my spare time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my thing. And, if, and from there somewhere, I was going to paint because I love painting. I can't paint. Neither <laughs> can I can't play the piano either. I can't sing, but I love doing all those things. It's the same thing with jujitsu. I suck at jujitsu, but I, l- I love doing jujitsu. Um, so. I was on my phone the other day looking at, uh, I think it was Facebook Marketplace, and uh, upright pianos for sale. And uh, like within a minute, boom, uh, a Stein, uh, Steinway? Stig- no, Stigerberg or Steinberg piano came okay. up. And uh, I looked at it, and it looked virtually new. And I thought, huh. And it's, it was really reasonably priced. And I said, is this still available? Because that's what they, they prompted on you know, Facebook Marketplace. And the lady responded very soon. And uh, it was a Saturday. So I said, can I come by and see it? Where are you? Oakville? She's in Oakville. It's like, all right. So I said to my girl, let's, let's, let's go and look at a piano. So we got there. And this lady, I was selling her house. And she couldn't fit it in the new house. She bought it a few years back, but she never really played it. So it was brand, brand new. Wow. Brand new. Mm-hmm. So done. We shook hands. I gave her half the money. I got my buddies, the moving brothers, you know, the moving company that I use for every single move of my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I moved so many times. Uh, they already know. I'll be nice. I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no. Tell me. No, no. Tell me. No, no. Don't hold back. This is not the show to hold back. <laughs> what were you going to say? No, I forgot now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Then I'm going to be known as heartless. I've already got the label being heartless. That's me making a chicken. You know when you have kids, you become an expert of making animal noises. <laughs> hey, next time I sing uh, um, the farm song, I'll call you. Old McDonald? Old McDonald, the farm song. <laughs> well, E-I-E-I-O indeed. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So I call the Moving Brothers, who, by the way, if you're moving, call them. They're amazing. They're, they're friends of mine. I, I met, they're like family now. They're like family. My brothers, man. They're my, my, my Moving Brothers. It's all good. Uh, it's all good. So they they came by. They picked up the piano. So the piano's in my house now. But I, I something that I had no idea because I don't know anything about pianos. That uh, once the piano is in your house, you need to leave it in your house for a good month before they can tune it. Mm-hmm. Because the piano needs to acclimatize to your home. Oh. Yeah. So they need to. Uh, the um, it's a temperature thing. It's a mm-hmm. moisture thing, and uh, it needs to like be part of the home. The home is like an entity that absorbs things. <laughs> it's a living thing. <laughs> so my home needs to accept the piano and equalize its humidity. So mm. we need to make sure that it's not too moist. <laughs> so anyways, my, the, the, the piano tuner is coming um, Next week's no, the thirtieth is coming to my house to to tune the piano. But if it's if it's too detuned, apparently you need to raise the pitch and then you need to tune it. But uh, I, 
Uh, yeah, I, I've been messing around with it, man. I, I love pianos, and I think that I sound better with the loud noises of the piano. So I use musical instruments to drown out how crappy I sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my guitar is there you know for. What? We're going to have to have your fiance on the show. I'm like, how is this really happening? <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, honestly. How often do you have your headphones on? <laughs> actually, she's so sweet, man, because uh, she. She sits there on the couch while I play the guitar, oh. and she gives me what songs to sing to her. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. She just sits and listens to me. It is li- so like it's the cutest thing, and I suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like parents are saying, "Oh, you know, my kid is so cute." Uh, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Listeners, wow. find yourself a, uh, find yourself a spouse that looks at Greg the way that Greg's girl looks at him. I know. Uh, you know, I, I I don't deserve that girl. I mean, she's she's so wow, amazing. She's really to me. nice. She's she's so nice. I'd be like, turn that thing know. off. Uh, You're not. Good at this. Well, Go outside and play this. You're so <laughs> heartless. <laughs> you are so heartless. That's so mean. You want to scare the neighbors? Go, go do it. If 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 my girl said that to me, I would be heartbroken. Like honestly, I would know. I I would have to reinvent myself somehow. That's so mean, Jody. Why are you so I don't mean? Know. Who did this out. to you? What happened out. to you as a child? <laughs> You know, like the school system. I don't know. <laughs> no, man. No, no. something the happened system. to you. Let's blame it on the school something system. traumatic happened to you. You need therapy for sure. <laughs> I know a couple There's of a therapists. Show about that on the show huh? on the station. <laughs> What's that? There's a show about that on the station. Know, there is. Oh, therapy. it's not therapy. It's yeah. not therapy. Yeah. Why? Let's let's just explore this together here. This is not therapy, folks. If you have therapy questions, call us two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. Well, why are we having a conversation? Why, who did this to you? <laughs> I don't know. It just naturally comes out. There's a lot of anger, like like ruthless, ruthless anger that comes out of you. And I don't know how to control it sometimes because I look at you and there is a stare that I know if I'd say the wrong thing, I'd be dead. It happens. And it's just, you know, behind the smile, he's just like, oh, oh no, oh, no. It's oh, the brown in me. WWE had a term for that. <laughs> you know, you know. Early on, when the, when the microphones. Oh no! When you said that we were gonna come back on air like ten seconds, and then ten seconds came, and it wasn't ten seconds; it was thirty seconds. I saw a slow motion of her head going like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and she looked at you, and you saw her, and something happened, man. There was an unspoken communication there, and I saw Lex in fear. There was fear in his face. <laughs> I wonder Listen, what, this is what happens when you raise in a Punjabi household. Fear? The looks? The looks. The looks that you get. The eh? looks. The ninja chuck, you know. The, what? the ninja chuck sandal that comes right in front of your face by your mother because you spoke back to her. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. You know, see, the, uh, the, rolled up, the rolled up TV guide, the, uh, uh, the, the, the plastic. Whatever. Slippers. Whatever is, whatever, whatever can be grabbed convenient. and thrown. Whatever is convenient at the time that can be used as a weapon no matter yeah. what that is <laughs> I kid you not I, I think I spoke back I spoke back to my mom and she was sitting on the other side of the room and I'm like by the door like I had a chance to run 
but I didn't run. <laughs> I just stood there, and she just and took off took her it. and I just took it. She took off her sandal, and she literally whipped it, hit me right in the face, oh, and I just stood there. <laughs> I took it. Wow, that's, that's what you that's what you do, man. That's what you do when your parents go off on you. You just you just have to, because you have to remember this. Look, oh man, here we go. If if you get it from your parents, okay. If you get it from your parents, these are the two people <laughs> that love you most on the entire planet. No yeah. one, no one. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you there is nobody on the planet that loves you more specifically than your dad, okay? Because yeah. your dad, your dad, dads are under underrated. You know, dads love you more than oh, anyone. Yeah, dads, dads, okay, you know what it is? Moms will, dad, okay, so moms will love you, obviously. Dads will love you too, which is pretty obvious as well, but they care about your future. Yes. Moms will care about for you today, and, but dads they'll care for you they'll think about you and stress for you for tomorrow and the years on you know that's a very insightful observation see I'm not that heartless I do <laughs> oh, you know what? there it is I, well, you know what I, am, I have plenty of love and heart and for my dad only <laughs> What about your mom? <laughs> Obviously, my mom. I love my mom. But I have a soft spot for my dad. Oh, no. Uh, clearly. But you see, he, here's the thing. I, and this is, this is something that uh, is, is important. Love is not as important as survival skills. Because you see, your mom will 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 cuddle you, will hug you, will give you all the love. It's like well, my baby, and the hugs it's and like the kisses. You so That's right. Yeah. And you know, when when a kid is sitting at a chair like a toddler, and and they fall, okay, they fall. There are two specific reactions, so, you know. And this is I'm I'm talking uh, the differences in my observation, anyways. And you know, uh, my opinion doesn't mean anything, so don't listen to me. But the kid falls, the mom runs, and they gives her a hug. Oh my God, my baby, my baby, are you okay? Are you okay? Come here, just cry on my shoulder. And the dad would say, No, stand up, get up, That's get me. on top of the chair again. That's me. You my- see, one, one. My one husband's just, like, No, come here, dad. And I'm like, No, let him cry. There we go. Cry it out. <laughs> let him learn. You know, <laughs> he will fall again, and then he'll learn the second time. And, and I'm not saying that the two loves are not important, but I can tell you this: if the kid cries every time they fall, and then they never learn to not fall from the chair, guess what? You are creating a socially handicapped child that doesn't is not able to cope with life, that is not able to mm-hmm. be able to cope with. Adversity with failure, failure toughens you toughens you up. But these little tiny falls that they have, you know what? It's gonna make them stronger. I it, agree. It's not gonna, you know, and that's what I tell my husband. I'm like, you can't protect him all the time. Like if he hurts himself, it's okay. Let him cry. He'll do it again, and he'll remember that he got hurt, and he won't do it again the third time, right? Mm-hmm. That it's just making him stronger, and it's actually getting prepared. For the real life. You know, you're going to get smacked down a lot of times, but you, it's okay. You brush it off and you walk again. Well, I, I, I agree with you 100% in there, but I, I do believe that your dad, okay, listen to me, your dad is the only person on the planet that wants you to be better than them. Oh, yeah. They want you to be better than them because they look at the world, they, they see how awful it is outside. Folks, if your kid is getting offended because somebody said something, think of what will happen when you send them into the wild. 
Because people are heartless, mm-hmm. right, Jyoti? Oh yeah, yeah. They're heartless. Like they are heartless. A lot they of will, us exist in this world. The absolutely meanest things. It's like, oh my god, I'm falling apart. You said this to me. You okay. call me fat. Oh my god. Have you ever thought that maybe if somebody calls you fat, it's because maybe you're fat? I know it's mean or bullyish or whatever, but maybe you are fat, oh, and that's I, what, I, and I, that's I, the, I that's what you need. That, I, I know I'm fat. I know that I'm overweight. I, I wasn't talking about your legs. Oh no, no, I know you're nerd, but I, but I can not. I can acknowledge that somebody tells me that I'm fat. I can acknowledge and take it inside me and say, you know what? They're right. I got to do something about myself, you know? Well, but when people it, start down. It's like, oh, you're fat. Shame them. Shame on you. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, no. It's no one's. No one says it. Well, obviously, if people are driving and they say something stupid, yeah, they, they're obviously not thinking, right? Mm-hmm. But if someone is saying that a loved one is telling you that, it's like, Hey, maybe they're saying it out of a concern, out of love, saying, you know, let's look at your health. Let's look at the, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to get hate emails like Greg Kraskos. I should just give out my email. (laughs) (laughs) I, I believe that your best friends will stab you in the chest right when you can see it. Boom. It's like, look. I used to smoke for a very, very long time. Okay, I smoked for a very long time. Uh, I didn't smoke a lot. But I smoked for a long time, for almost 20 years. And uh, one time, a girlfriend of mine said to me, you know what, Greg, you used to stink. Mm-hmm. Because smokers do stink. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, my soul is just crushed. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is not good. That was a very, very big incentive mm-hmm. for me to start reassessing my life. So I thought, you know, maybe this person really cares and they don't want other people to smell to smell you like an ashtray. You open your mouth, it's like mm-hmm. an ashtray, a wet ashtray. Who would want to kiss that? <laughs> That's not good, man. We should have uh, one of those sound effects here. I don't think that I have anything that would resemble what your mouth smells like when you smoke. Maybe this one here. Oh, my soundboard is not working again. Oh, no. Let's turn it on. Oh, it's on. No. It is on. Let me see. I'm going to press it again. No, nothing. But I, I think that it's very important for all of us to have somebody in our life who is absolutely heartless, but that loves you. They need to be heartless because they will give you the straight goods right up front, but they love you. Because a lot of people disguise their cruelty with honesty oh I'm just being honest I'm just being honest no you're just being cruel but if you know that this person will actually go to a battle with you that they will if, if you're homeless they'll take you in if you're pushing a shopping cart underneath the gardener they'll, they'll slip you a 20 you know that, that, that those people I have a few in my life of those ones they'll slip me a 20 for sure <laughs> if I'm pushing a shopping cart underneath the gardener you need those ones in your you life. You do need them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think that public shaming works. Uh, I, I, I believe that. But I think the whole society has become very sensitive now. Society is becoming weak. Because of social media, everybody feels the need of saying, making a comment. And everybody has, like, it's there's nothing wrong of having an opinion, but it's, sometimes it's just like they feel, people feel the need of just making a comment because they have an option of making a comment. And, and you know, if you're listening to the radio show right now and I said the word fat, okay, and you... Oh, look, and, I got an email. And you feel like, hey! Oh. You're like, hey! You know, you feel like, hey! <laughs> maybe, maybe you're fat. Maybe you're fat. Maybe you, didn't, you need to reassess, you know, the way that you eat and you stuff your 
face hole yep. with, but it's with not pies. About, but it's like, it's not about your image. It's about your health. <laughs> Uh, but if, if people th- look at somebody, <laughs> I I know. But you know, people say, you know, it's, it's, it's my life, it's my choice. It, is it? I have to look at you. Oh wow, wow! And the oh, hate the, the hate emails begin. Two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred. If you want to hate them, you just tell me. Call me. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about let's, it. Let's take a short break, folks. We're gonna be right back. <laughs> Toronto. When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Hey, Jerry Springer here. You know, I've met some pretty messed up people in my life, but I gotta tell you, this guy takes the cake. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. If you're listening to this show for the first time, you're one of the lucky ones. You're listening to the absolute best radio show in the country, in my opinion. Very soon it will be everybody's opinion. Very, very, very soon, I think. If I need to predict my own future. Maybe we should talk to Tara. <coughs> Tara Green. You know, the uh, my card reader Your friend? Card. Yes, she's going to tell me. That I'm going to be the emperor of the universe for sure. I already feel <laughs> that way, man. So you might as well just live up to my to my legend. This is it. <laughs> but you see, you know, speaking of cruelty and heartlessness, and um, you know, yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> I am one of my harshest critics, man. I, I, I honestly, I find myself so unbelievably annoying, and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> you're laughing way too hard. What's going no, no, on? What's no, going no. on here? What's going nothing, on here? Nothing. Nothing. Go on. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Lex, are you seeing this? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Sorry, my voice is a little cracky right now. I was at, a, like, I was at SmackDown last night. Wow. Anyway, go on. <laughs> wow. Hey, you wanted me to come on air with you. This is what you get. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, we all need a friend to stab you in the chest. <laughs> well, that was one of those ones, but that wasn't a stab one. It was like a machete wound on my <laughs> chest chest cavity. <laughs> Anyways, so I am one of my harshest critics. So it, as it pertains to my own life and my own experience and my own understanding of the universe and the, and the world around me, I am always judging myself hard. because. But everybody I, is. Everybody judges themselves. Like you'd be surprised how many people are not self-aware. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. they, you know, they, oh, you don't have to look very far. You know, you walk into a place and their house a mess. You know, oh, I was cleaning today all day. It's like, huh? 
How? Huh? How? <laughs> Where? Oh. <laughs> oh, I am working so hard. And he has a part-time job. Is What? What, what are you talking? You know, there's self-awareness is is not something that's very common. But, you know, when, when you know, you get up in the morning and you go to the bathroom and, uh, you know, you're getting ready to go to the office and sometimes you look up, right? Inevitably, you will look up. You know, you brush your teeth, you shave and whatnot, and then... And then you see your waistline. It's like, oh, I know that feeling. Ooh, ling a ling I know that feeling. God dang it. <laughs> so anyways, and that doesn't help because mm. it compounds with like, oh, man, I don't feel like terrible. I look fat. <laughs> like, my teeth are not white enough. He's like, oh. Yeah. What? What do you mean? Yeah. No, I get uh, it. I yeah. get it. I get it. So you know, it. so I you get really down on yourself, and then it just spirals because you you know you, you need to be your own cheerleader because whatever you put out into the universe, you know, usually mm-hmm. just the, your body starts believing you. So as I was saying at the beginning of the show, I was feeling awful for the last few weeks. It, it wasn't nothing bad because my life is is honestly I am I'm so fortunate these days, and I'm having a, I have a really good life. Mm-hmm. It's a simple life. I have some good friends. I got an awesome human beside me, and two dogs that are jacked up on steroids. That just they just made my day <laughs> every day, man. Honestly, my life is amazing. But so <laughs> the fact that <laughs> that I was feeling the way I was feeling didn't make any sense. It didn't make sense because it's a contradiction to where my life is at. Yeah. Yep. So I started to think, okay, what are the things that I can do to change right now? If I could do something to change right now. And and uh, the first thing that always comes up to me is that I need to eat better mm-hmm. because I have this crazy, crazy addiction to sugar, man. I, I, I read a study that says that the only difference between you and somebody that uh, needs to get their you know fingers chopped off because of diabetes is you know is a, is a tablespoon of sugar like an insulin, and uh, and I think man you know I I am taking my body for granted I am putting things in there that I probably shouldn't you know I don't know would I feed Coca Cola to my dog and to your dog too no but what I'm saying is would I and I wouldn't I I would (laughs) obviously (laughs) would I feed it to my plants no you know would I give my (laughs) so I start thinking why is it that I don't treat myself I, I treat my intellectual development with the utmost care every single day for me it's an exercise and trying to become better than yesterday mm-hmm. I do the same thing with my fitness with jiu jitsu and everything else but for some reason I I have become addicted to certain things that I eat and, and it's not good it's not good in the moment that you have something that is greater than you that you have no control over you are dependent mm-hmm. And I hate becoming dependent. I hate being dependent. I became independent at a very young age. and uh, But for some reason, this my dependency manifests itself with my addiction to sugar. Whether it's bread. Oh, my mouth just watered. <laughs> uh, bread, rice. Oh, oh, oh basmati rice. Uh, or pasta. <laughs> and pizza. And all those things that are so unbelievably delicious. Oh, my God. I'm not saying that they're not good. That's the problem. So I figure, okay, I I need to make a radical change in my life. I I know that I can do this because I have this really weird ability to just shut down my system and just go for things. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go full carnivore. Uh, It was about 11 
uh, 11 days ago or so that uh, I that was the last time that I ate anything other than meat yes meat fatty yummy meat in my findings folks now please understand that I'm not a, a dietitian I'm not a nutritionist I'm not a, uh, a medical expert on no way shape or form so please don't take my advice because this is this is strictly an, an anecdote. This is what happens to me. I don't know what the hell is going to happen to you. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, going down to meat is the ultimate elimination diet. There are many of us that are walking around every day feeling bloated and swollen and, you know, acid reflux and all those things that people are very commonly known. Oh, you know, I don't feel good. My stomach doesn't feel well. Mm-hmm. And then you ask them, so what did you eat? And then they tell you. And it's like it's like a chemical concoction that you just put into their stomach. So I went down to the ultimate elimination diet. So, uh, again, it's not a diet because I'm eating more than I ever ate before. But I, I eat until I am stuffed. And then I don't eat again until mm-hmm. I'm hungry. So I don't have structured meals. I don't eat for breakfast and mid-morning snack and lunch and then afternoon Three snack. Yeah, no, snack no, 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 no. I don't. I don't do that. That's that's not natural. It's unnatural. You you when you're eating because you have to eat, not because you're hungry, is is it's a bit of a problem. So, anyways, I I only eat once a day, and I've been eating once a day for years and years and years. So I eat after my training at nighttime because mm-hmm. I hate doing everything with my stomach full. I do everything better when I'm hungry. I, I'm. I, I mean, <laughs> I do everything better when I am starving. Um, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> so anyways, I, I started this and um, I have been consuming about two and a half to three pounds of meat a day. And it's uh, meat that is almost 50% fat. And folks, I, what I can tell you is uh, it's unreal. Um, I, I, unless I did it myself, I would have never believed it. The first thing that took place is that my mood changed on the spot. The moment that I stopped eating sugar, mm-hmm. my mood changed so dramatically that I, I became just a more conscientious, uh, a more clear, happier person. It's like my disposition overall just changed. I have a conciliatory aspect to my thinking these days. I know it might sound weird because you say, how can, how can pasta make you more judgmental? Uh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is that ever since I switched the way that I'm eating, I feel myself in a better predisposition to understand. Now, is it psychosomatic? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just literally sharing what I have found. So the first thing that happened to me is like my mood changed. I'm in a better mood. I'm not looking to get into arguments with people. Number two that happened to me is that I don't wake up in the morning with a, with a hangover. I, I don't wake up. You know, sometimes the alarm goes off and you're mm-hmm. like, uh, the way that I saw you when you opened the window outside in your Tesla. <laughs> I'm on three hours of sleep, I, people. I, 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 three hours of sleep, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Here, I'll show you. My watch even can prove it. Well, you, your watch tells you how many hours you slept? Yeah, because I need to. I want to keep what track of it. What kind of, of watch it. is that? Oh, shoot. It's a Garmin. 
Garmin? Yeah. Oh, it's like one of those Fitbits or something? It's like a, it's like Fitbit on steroids. On steroids? <laughs> yeah. It's actually really good. It keeps my heart in check and everything, and I need to monitor that. Yeah, kind of so stuff. when you have that watch, you don't need to work out. It keeps everything in check. No, sure. I do work out. <laughs> Just eat, man. Don't worry about it. The watch doesn't tell me there's anything wrong, so I'm good. <laughs> no, my fitness pal does that for me. <laughs> but anyway, so I... I was, I'm waking up in the morning and, uh, you know, I get up around five something and uh, boom, I'm just awake. Like this morning, it was, it was way before my alarm because I put alarm just in case. Mm -hmm. And uh, I woke up way before my alarm and I was like, boom, let's go. There is no snoozing, nothing. Just get out of bed and get, get my day going. I, I went outside. I took the dogs out. You know, the dogs just trying to fight the world, and there was nobody around, <laughs> which always scares me because that's when uh, skunks appear. Um, so, my mood changed. Um, my uh, the the my my clarity in the morning when I first get up is is instant. I don't have a brain fog anymore. I seem to be able to see better. Mm-hmm. I hear better. The colors look more bright. It seems like there was a bit of a fog going on. And I don't understand. Don't ask me to explain this. I can't. I can't. Um, and uh, immediately, immediately, I started to lose weight. So even though I am eating more than I've ever eaten, like honestly, uh, I've lost, what, seven, eight pounds in the last 11 days. Wow. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to. It's, and I'm not losing muscle mass because I, I look stunning now. <laughs> but eating does do that. If you eat healthy, if you eat clean, and it does, it does impact your mood, your the next day, how you feel. And you feel better and you feel more, you know. It's just that I, I redefined what eating clean was. So mm-hmm. I, I took everything out. I took all the garbage out. The only thing that arguably is garbage that I eat is my coffee. Mm-hmm. But other than that, nothing. Yeah. So I don't eat any fruits, and no veggies, no nuts, no nothing. It's just yeah. meat. So now I, I, I'm trying to understand what is it that was making my body feel awful? Because I was feeling awful for a long time. Well, if you're eating pizza, pasta, co- but, <laughs> Coke. I, I, but I didn't eat it all the time. So okay. now, now I can reverse engineer my diet. Okay. I can introduce a food, for example, and this is something that I miss terribly because I love eating these things, avocados. Yeah. So now I can go a month, two months, three months, eat, just eating meat and see how I feel. Yeah. And then after three months, I can introduce avocado and see, observe, yeah. you know, yeah. just use empirical observation. for. <laughs> so, okay, first of all, if you're listening to Greg Carrasco, yes. you have to get on YouTube and Facebook because like the, the hands are like everywhere. They're like, <laughs> like I can't explain. <laughs> like, please just go on YouTube you see, and Facebook I'm, and just watch this. My, my, is that a musical my, theater thing or is that just something else? No, it's no, just no. like, woo! My, my neuro-linguistic communication skills are alarming Jyoti, you no, know? No, it's okay. I thought it's very, it's like, it's very Punjabi. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like, Talking with your hands. Maybe I was a Punjabi in a previous life. You Never know. know. You guys believe in reincarnation. Yes. Huh? Maybe I reincarnated into a Spaniard. There you go. Hey. 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 All right. So you're eating. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to take a break, man. I'm being, I'm being publicly shamed right now by the owner of the station. Uh, folks, the show is brought to you 
hey, if I don't come on, then it's a problem. If I come on, then they, it's a no, problem. the heartless one is here with me. So you know, from time to time, we need to take a step back. <laughs> the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And those who know know that before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me because I won't let you make a mistake. Let's uh, play this song for a little bit before you break it. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Muchas novias, hoy tengo a una, mañana a otra, ey, pero no hay boda, Titi me preguntó si tengo muchas novias, muchas novias, hoy tengo a una, mañana a otra, me la voy a llevar la toa con VIP, un VIP, ey, saluden a Titi, vamos a tirar un selfie, seis cheese, ey, que sonrían las que ya les metí, un VIP, un VIP, ey, saluden a Titi, vamos a tirar un selfie. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons, and now we have to listen to this guy? My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show! But I don't do too well with apologies I hope I don't run out of time Cause someone call a referee Cause I just need one more shot Have forgiveness Is it too late now to say sorry, Jyoti, for picking on me before the... Uh... <laughs> no, it's too late It's too late to say late. sorry but anyways, uh, uh, you know, going carnivore has been has been a life altering experience. Um, the um, I'm sleeping better. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I, I feel better. I have a, a significant amount of energy. I need to and I I don't have the cravings that I had before, and uh, I'm only eating once a day again. But uh, I eat until I'm stuffed. Because that's the way that our ancestors ate. They ate until they couldn't eat anymore because they never knew when the next meal was coming. And, you know, you got to remember this, folks, that uh, from a, from an anthropological standpoint, uh, modern modern man, I mean, what, what would you consider modern man? Uh, 9,000 years, you know, since the, uh, the agricultural revolution in the Mesopotamian Peninsula. Yeah, 9,000 years or so. Um, you know, when you compare that to the the 250 million years or so that we've been, you know, humans have been roaming the planet and sapiens is what, you know, 250,000 years or so, it's nothing but a speck in the actual timeline of, of humans. So what, what we are going through right now is a very, very, very small period of time uh, for all our instincts, for all our uh Everything that brought us to be the successful species that we became through evolution um, is, uh, is is something that we we cannot ignore. You know, it's the same thing with dogs. You know, they were wolves. And we just turned them all weird. <laughs> it's like when I look at my dogs, it's like, oh, dude, at one <laughs> point you were a wolf. What happened? It's like, what happened? Not your dog. Your dog is scary, man. No, but he's such a sweet. I am sure that it is, but he still looks like a wolf. I know, but he's such a cutie. I, like he's like. Look, I have a visceral reaction to your dog. Like, Why? Uh, because I I don't know. Maybe I'm more of a caveman than I care to admit. <laughs> but when I see the way that he looks, it's like uh, I, I, 
I lose control of my intestines. <laughs> it's But like he's I, like he's like a little. Like, you just have to just like. I get it. He's a little cutie. I, I understand that. I, I get it. I get it a hundred percent. But he's a husky, right? He's a husky. Yeah, man. Uh, he's husky, right? But when I see him, I literally I just want to ink myself. I, I need to run. This thing is going to eat me. No, you haven't seen my in-laws' dog. She is a mixed breed of a Doberman and a husky. She's What? huge. Like humans are weird, man. They're crossing dogs that they should She's be huge, crossing. and honestly, anybody that sees her, they get scared. Let's see. Hang you on. have a picture? Yes, I'm trying to find one. We're gonna show you a picture on air right now yeah, this morning, ready, folks. <laughs> yeah, you ready for this? <laughs> It's a picture, you know, perfect for radio. I know, right? <laughs> um, all I'm saying, folks, a couple of uh, a couple of things that I have. Let me see. Oh wow, that is interesting. She's huge. She's like, if she were to put her front two paws on my like shoulder, feet? she'd be taller than me. Well, you're not very tall. No, but she'd be still taller than me. Mm. Hey, I'm like five six, five five. Oh yeah, you're huge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you tower. I'm gonna call you the tower. Uh, the tower. Now, oh, the tower from now on. Oh great. Now it's, yes. I'm you know heartless and now I'm a heartless tower. tower. Heartless tower. But anyway, so uh, you know some things to consider if you are. I'm gonna have a nutritional expert coming on the show over the next few weeks. I promise because uh, it can't be this good. Because if it was this good, it means that you know the the food industry has been lying to us to get you to consume products you know if it's in a box somebody made it if it doesn't rot or die you shouldn't eat it this is this is very simple stuff uh, but uh, for some reason we have been conditioned to believe that uh, variety is like the most important thing and i don't i don't know if i subscribe to that so simplicity of eating is pretty straightforward there is a meat eat it <laughs> <laughs> and make sure there is more for when you're hungry again. Weight loss. I've lost so much weight. I'm, I might have to. I don't know what I'm going to do because I keep losing weight. Um, reduce digestive issues. I haven't been bloated or uh, in, inflammation is not there. And uh, my, my stomach seems to have been have regulated itself. Um, blood sugar regulations. I don't know because I don't control that. I feel full all the time. Full all the time I don't I don't feel hungry anymore and I'm not in a bad mood because I haven't eaten the other thing that is, is happening to me is that I am I am allergic to everything mostly to BS <laughs> oh no no oh, hold on I'm, I'm not I'm more allergic to uh, to laziness than BS what are you more allergic to Lex what do you think yeah laziness Or, laziness oh yeah I laziness definitely it. you know it, it doesn't matter how how good you are or something it doesn't matter how amazing you are it doesn't matter nothing matters how good of a person you are you know how well you speak or dress or anything if you're lazy okay. if you are lazy it's a subhuman species Because those are the things that we can't teach you. You know, my partner Luis and I were talking last night about hard skills and soft skills. I can teach you all the hard skills. I can teach you how to use a computer. I can de teach you how uh, the steps to a sale. I can teach you all those things. But the soft skills, mm -mm. like laziness. I can't do that. Yeah. Like work ethic. Oh. Well, honesty. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just honesty. Just be honest. What about loyalty? What? Those are things that we don't talk about. No. What about integrity? 
You know, it, are these people behaving the same way when you're around and when you're not? Are they saying the same, same thing? thing? Are they protecting your name when you're not around? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what integrity is. What you do when nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that you cannot teach. Now, why do I get into the... Why, why was I talking about these things? I forget your now. Your food. My food. Anyways, I can't. I forget. <laughs> but I was talking about that I'm allergic to life. Oh, I was allergic to laziness. Yes. That's right. So I'm allergic to everything. I, I look at bread and I start sneezing for like 10 hours. And I'm not exaggerating. I will just go into sneezing fits of like 50, 60 sneezes to the point that my throat hurts. Uh, I haven't had any aller- allergic attacks. Like zero. That's good. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. My skin is clearing up. Mm-hmm. Like I have, you know, eczema, mm-hmm. and it's clearing up. Mm-hmm. Like my skin is so supple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm soft. I'm soft again. I soft. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, there is something else that I never knew about, and uh, this is anti nutrients. Uh, there are some things, uh, some people that uh, claim that because uh, plants don't have a natural defense mechanism, mm-hmm. they generate some chemicals in the process of dying that they hurt you. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a way of them telling you, uh, hold on a second, don't eat me because I'm going to make you feel like crap for the next two days. Mm-hmm. And we ignore those things because yeah. most plants have good things in them as well. And that all of a sudden, I don't have to deal with the uh, with plants trying to kill me. So I don't have any allergic reactions to any of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing is that um, my, my protein intake mm-hmm. has increased so I don't need to take protein shakes or anything All like that, that. so yeah. so my muscle mass is is changing is mm-hmm. growing now I know it's only been 11 days but I see a significant difference now folks remember this ultimately you you always become what you eat you do so if you're eating pasta and that's all you're eating, you're going to turn into a mushy version of yourself. <laughs> you're going to become pasta. You're going to become pasta. You're going to be a penne. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like a big giant noodle. <laughs> what do you eat most? What are you becoming? What am I becoming? I'm unfortunately not. Uh, I'm unfortunately becoming a little bit more unhealthy as the days go by. Nice. Good for you, man. That's, uh, that's great. But, what, uh, what do you eat the most? Um, eggs and uh, I mean eggs and more meats than anything but then like you know I'm also populating it with uh, uh, with, with fast food and like which has breads and like you know so bread yeah unfortunately the bread so you're man. becoming doughy yeah yeah I'm becoming doughy <laughs> that's, honestly that's, that's, that's awesome and I, I'm really happy people don't listen to his advice <laughs> don't listen to what he does uh, go the other go please the don't. other direction yes please <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the break, we have uh, another important person. We have a guest from the Toronto Sun, uh, mm-hmm. Brian Lilly. Yep. That, that's, that's how we call him. Brian, yep. Brian Lilly is going to talk to us about uh, how Canada is preparing itself from the inevitable. Because I, in, in, okay. I believe that uh, it is inevitable that Donald Trump is going to get reelected as the president of the United States next year. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm going to predict the future. I, I should ask Tara to predict the election and see mm-hmm. what she does. That would be cool. I like that lady, man. All right, we can have her yeah, on. I, I like that lady. But uh, we're going to take a short break, folks, and uh, we're going to get into a political discussion on the other side. And uh, the phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll be right back. 
This is Vitor Belfer, and you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air, Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto, stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vitor Belfer, the phenom, ready to strike. Let's go. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. One day and the next day gone Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand Sometimes you turn your back to the wind There's a world outside the dark and dark where blue Life is a highway And for some of you folks is is the QEW at 7.30 in the morning on a Monday <laughs> What an analogy <laughs> I don't get it have you ever been stuck on the QW at 7.30 in the morning? Nope. <laughs> Have you ever been stuck on any highway? Yes. Which one? The 403? The 410? The 410. The 410. The 410 is awful. Oh, the southbound 410 in the mornings <laughs> is horrible. No, now I don't even just like four, between four to six and I have to get somewhere. I'm like, I love you, 407. Yeah, the I love you, the husband. <laughs> I I <laughs> I wish they they would increase the price of the four hundred seven. Why? So there would be less people even. There's a lot of people on it. Yeah, too many people, man. It's too cheap. Four hundred seven. If you're listening to me, raise your prices. Raise your prices, and uh, so you can make it even more exclusive, so less people access it, and uh, you can go faster and raise your speed limit to one fifty. Oh yes, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes! I would pay double. Imagine that you can just fly one fifty from you know Oakville to the four hundred four in twenty minutes. Woo, baby! I've actually done that from here to Buttonville Airport, thirteen minutes. You are exposing yourself for breaking the law, Lex. <laughs> yeah, I'm but- going to call my husband on you. <laughs> no, but you drive an HRV. They don't go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> now I believe Jyoti because Jyoti drives a sports te- Tesla. Hey, don't make fun of my Tesla. The Tesla is fast, man. That thing is just ridiculously it fast. Is. It's so it it's is. just stupid fast. 
What yeah. a kick. It's though. like a roller coaster. It's like, whoop. Yeah. Yeah, there like go. it goes from zero to a hundred just as long as uh, you know when Lexus. they say real quick, it's literally real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's really fast. It's so quick. It's almost as quick as Lexus sex life. We all know this. <laughs> That's how fast it is. Boom, <laughs> two seconds flat. <laughs> flat is the word for it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's great. All right, we have Brian <laughs> Lilly here today. <laughs> Oh, Brian Lilly, you're talking to Greg Carrasco. Thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How are you this morning? Doing well, Greg. How are you? I'm very well. You know, I, I was looking forward to talking to you because um, I think that there is a lot... Um, there is a lot to explore uh, in the media these days, especially with what's going on in U.S. politics. Uh, this latest indictment of Donald Trump is like... At what point people, are, the normal people, common people are going to start understanding that this is nothing more than a charade that looks more like a banana republic other than the U.S., the greatest superpower the world has ever known? When do you think that point will come? The U.S. politics is something I used to follow very intensely, Greg. I, again, you know, on my radio shows in the past and my TV show in the past, I would have some of the top American political commentators on. And I, I got to tell you, it, it has become so crazy down there that um, I don't enjoy following it anymore. It, it, and you, so on the one side, you've got Trump and they're trying to in, indict him yet again, or he has been indicted yet again. On the other side, you've got a special counsel looking into the son of the president. Yep. And I just keep saying, these are the best people that Americans can come up with to go and do battle against each other every four years. Can can we have candidates in uh, office for the United States that are, aren't being uh, accused of corruption by one side or the other in a credible way, a credible enough way that uh, you end up with special prosecutors and indictments? You know, the U.S. is, um, you know, we talked about polarization. I don't even think that covers it anymore. No, it does it not. It's a, it's a gross understatement. Territory. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, look at it, it from it, this respect. Sorry, Brian. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, and I, I, I grew up in Chile. And uh, it was a highly politicized country growing up, and I I spent all my t my life in Chile under Pinochet, so we were acutely aware of politics, and uh, I became an, a a politics aficionado uh, in my adult life. And um, what I see in the United States is is nothing more than what's happening in Canada, just on, on steroids. Because uh, the the reality is this that uh, this is the most corrupt government that I believe we have had in my Canadian lifetime, which is thirty five years. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the current government is, uh, if we're talking about Canada, they are tired. They are um, out of ideas beyond campaigning, and all they do is campaign, and that's that's why I wrote about um, the American political issue the other day and. Mm -hmm. Um, in the fact that you know we need to be concerned about Joe Biden as much as Trump, because I've retreated from caring about the ins and outs of American politics beyond what it means for me as a Canadian. And so for us, what we should be primarily concerned about is how do American politics affect our uh, trading relationship, our jobs, our economic future? And you've got Melanie Jolie, our foreign affairs minister, giving interviews where she's talking about how, um, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they're looking at a plan in case the United States takes an authoritarian 
far right turn. Uh, well, first off, it, as foreign minister, you should not be uh, talking positively or negatively about the uh, election possibilities of our of another country. nearest neighbor, yeah. biggest trading partner. That You just don't do that because you have to work with whoever wins. And yet, for political gain here, they put our issues at risk. But she made it sound like, you know, Trump is a threat to Canada. Well, have you looked at Joe Biden? Because Joe Biden is, if you thought Trump was protections, uh, Biden is even more so. Uh, Starting with Obama, then moving on to Trump, Mm -hmm. then moving on to Biden, we have had increasingly protectionist presidents. Um, It used to be that most of the protectionist uh, measures that we would see aimed at blocking Canadian exports to the U.S. of steel or something to do with uh, auto manufacturing or what have you, those would come out of Congress. Some uh, representative from a district or a state sen- or a senator for a state that has a, a big trading issue with Canada would propose something and try and get it through. And the prime ministers of the day, back when it was Harper, Cretchen, Martin, um, you know, going back even further, Mulroney, they could call up the president and say, hey, you know, can we solve this problem? Can we get rid of this issue? Now, the protectionism comes out of the White House, and they're the ones pushing it. And and so if we have to be worried about what the next presidential election means for uh, Canada economically, it's got we have to be as worried about Biden as Trump. Look at what he tried to do to our auto industry. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he tried to bring in the this giant um, uh, consumer incentive to buy electric cars. And some people might say, well, that's great. We should be moving towards electric cars. Included in it was were, were requirements that uh, I think it was the car had to be assembled in the States with an electric battery assembled in the States yep. with more than 50% American Content, cars. yep. That would have... That would have meant auto jobs going to the states. The the Stellantis plant in Windsor, uh, until that was settled, they were sitting there wondering, okay, do we have to move across the border just to be competitive in the biggest market that we've got? Um, That put all kinds of investments on hold. And if it hadn't been for Democrat senators in West Virginia, we're talking Joe Manchin and the the two Democrats that won in Georgia, Mm -hmm. If they hadn't fought against it because they have um, uh, auto plants that are non-unionized that would have also been affected by this, this would have gone through and it could have decimated our industry. And the Trudeau government was left asleep at the switch on it. They had been really focused on Trump. They didn't notice what Biden was doing. The guy's doubled in duty on our softwood lumber. Uh, he's got ranchers in the States. Uh, bending his ear about uh, country of origin labeling for meat products, primarily beef, which would hurt our industry. There's nothing that he won't look at that will hurt our our industries. And, it, and we've got to take that seriously. But we don't because Trudeau just wants to play politics, domestic politics, with everything that he touches. Well, the, I think that the relationship between the two countries have become more of an ideology war than actual economic policy. But I guess, you know, a question that I have for you is that when do you think that that relationship between Ottawa and Washington broke? Because for, you know, for half a century, 
Canada and the United States were the biggest allies. I mean, they you know it, they were inseparable. The the two the the prime minister and the presidents often were considered to be friends because they could literally, like you said earlier, they could just call each other and solve the issue. But there is an adversarial uh, system now going on between the two countries. And by the way, I think that what Melanie Jolly did was is absurd. If, if you're talking about the the minister of uh, external affairs, instead of looking for conciliation, for mediation, communication, and and finally consensus. You don't want to antagonize <laughs> your biggest trading partner before the election even takes place. It was, it was an yeah. it was an absurd position that they took. When do you think the relationship started to go south? It, it would probably be uh, with Trudeau in Ottawa and Trump in in the White House. Um, you know, Stephen Harper and Barack Obama, despite their differences. Uh, had a, a very good working relationship. They weren't buddies the way that Trudeau and Obama were. I mean, that truly was a bromance. Yeah. We got nothing for it. Um, but, you know, it, it, in fact, I think um, shortly after uh, Trudeau was in office, Obama turned down Keystone XL pipeline again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we, we really did get nothing for that bromance. They did take an adversarial approach to to Donald Trump um, because they don't agree with his his ideology. In the past, presidents and prime ministers have been able to look past party standings. Not always. You know, apparently uh, John F. Kennedy and, and, and Lester Pearson uh, and didn't get along great. Yeah, Beef and, and Baker and JFK really didn't like each other. But that, that's going way back. For the most part, they've been able to work together. Um, the Trudeau guys... Uh, I don't think they knew what to do with Donald Trump the first time. Mm-hmm. If Trump gets in a second time, I'm not sure they'll know what to do. But I'll tell you this, they will use Donald Trump's candidacy whenever our election takes place. So if we have an election in Canada before the American um, presidential election, they will just be tying Pierre Polyev to Donald Trump and campaigning, not against Polyev, but against But against Trump, Trump yeah, for and sure. And if Trump, you know, if we have it after the election and Trump wins, they'll campaign again. They'll do the same thing. They will just campaign against Donald Trump, not against their actual opponents. So that that's what all of this is about for Trudeau. He's he whether you like it or not, he's a good campaigner. He's horrible at governing. He's not interested in governing. He's interested in winning elections. Um, and you know, it might be by the thinnest of margins. But he's shown he, he's good at it three times in a row. I, I think that uh, as uh, as Canadians, we cannot underestimate the enormous power that the liberal marketing machine has. Because love them or hate them, they have been able to get the mission accomplished. I mean, we all know that once an, a government is elected, they, they're not in the job of fulfilling promises. They're getting in they're only in, in the job of keeping that power. Um, do you do you see Trudeau staying in power for a long period of time, uh, long much longer than he already has been? Um, it, you know, if an election were held right now, the polls say uh, he would not win the most seats. In fact, the Conservatives might even win a majority. But what I just described to you there, mm-hmm. where they're going to spend the next while campaigning against Donald Trump uh, instead of Pierre Polyev, 
that'll be powerful to a lot of Canadians because Canadians, regardless of which party they vote for here, tend to support Democrats. I don't know why. Um, it, uh, it's been that way for decades, regardless of who the Republican nominee or president is. Canadians just, uh, maybe it goes back to JFK, they think we like Democrats. Democrats are like us. They're, they're nice to us. Democrats have traditionally been the most protectionist, uh, the most trying to screw over Canada when it comes to jobs and economics. But we vote for them. So, or we say we would vote for them if we had an election. So there, there will be a whole bunch of people who want to vote for Polyev now, but would tell a pollster, oh, no, I couldn't vote for Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. so that's why Trudeau's going to campaign. He, he has to campaign against Donald Trump so that he scares people away from Pierre Polyev so that he can hang on to power. So that, that is going to be a big part of it. If he's successful in that, then he might be able to turn around these horrible polling numbers. Polls are fickle. Voters can be fickle. Um, I think for the most part, voters are tired of Justin Trudeau. But if he's able to scare them enough, fear is a powerful emotion, then he could win another election. Absolutely. You know, I uh, I want to explore this a little bit more with you uh, in relation to what what tactics, in your opinion, will be used during the next election when they call it, because we all know that there will be another election here in Canada coming at some point next year around the time of the American election. Uh, I want to explore that with you, but we're going to take a, a very, very short break. Please sit tight with me, Brian, and we'll be right back to you folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no-commission salespeople, so before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see us at Oakville Nissan. We'll be right back. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but Not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hi, my name is Stereo Mike. And we're back, folks. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on the mighty Saga 960 AM. We are Canada's largest radio show on weekends and, according to my opinion, the absolute best radio show, period. That is unless Brian has his own radio show and that would be a different conversation. We have Brian Lilly, everyone, here from the Toronto Sun and we're discussing Canadian politics at seem to have captivated your attention more than U.S. politics these days. But, uh, you know, this um, this fear-mongering that uh, the, the Trudeau government, Brian, seems to, uh, you know, seems to have been working so well because, as you said earlier, uh, polls are fickle, voters are fickle. Are we really that easily influenced by, <laughs> by what we hear and see from the government here? Are, are we that naive? I'm, in the, in, I'm not being uh, facetious on that question. It's an honest question to you, Brian. Is Brian there? Uh, Hello. There is Brian. There you are. Sorry. I, yeah. Did you hear the question, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we absolutely are that fickle. And you look back to the last election in 2022, and you've got to remember that we were all in a very different mindset back then. The, um, you know, the, the pandemic was still ongoing. We were having big surges in COVID-19. There were vaccine mandates. Uh, you know, Justin Trudeau advocated against vaccine mandates until two days before his government called the election. Then he brought them in for federal workers and for anyone traveling on federally regulated uh, modes of transport, like yeah. planes or cross-border or trains, trains yeah. or... Um, uh, federal ferries. And then, you know, after saying he was against this, made it law, calls an election, and then campaigns against that. And you look at where he won in you know, his smallest of minority governments. He won by scaring, mostly we're talking suburban women, mothers with, with young kids, senior citizens, uh, mostly, as I said, women going in and saying, if you don't vote for me, those conservatives are, you know, look at what's happening in Alberta. He campaigned on Alberta's COVID record at the time if they were going through an upsurge in the suburbs of Toronto, in the suburbs of Vancouver, and was able to scare enough people that, well, if I don't vote for him, we're going to be in a bad spot, too. And, and he did the same thing with guns in those two areas as well. He knew who, who he was targeting. He knew how he had to do it. And he executed it brilliantly if your only goal is to win. Mm. Yeah, I um, as a, as a full-grown adult, as, as a thinking adult, uh, I, I find it very difficult to relate to the world through the eyes of someone that can be convinced by a politician that way instead of looking at, okay, let's see. Uh, instead of telling me whether everybody else is done wrong or, or there is a boogeyman, as you said in your article, what about on my track record? This is what I've done. I've stayed out of the Ethics Commission. I have done all the things that are better for the country. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's so funny because you, you said it perfectly here. It's, it's far easier to cast stones at the boogeyman and use that for your own electoral gains that is to do the hard work that comes along with governing. He is a terrible, terrible, terrible governor. And uh, I'm really hoping, Brian, that uh, Canadians finally wake up. Do you think that this will happen this time around? Well, as, as I said, I think that the um, uh, they are uh, voters, that is, are they're wearing thin on this government, uh, or this government's wearing thin on them. They are uh, starting to say, maybe it's time for a change. So what Pierre Polyev has to do is show that he is a change they can accept. Um, it, you know, changing governments is always a risk. So, uh, you know, when every party has their core base of support, the elections are actually decided by swing voters. So he's got to convince those swing voters that, he is an acceptable risk that, yeah, changing might be scary, but I'm not the uh, the awful uh, monster that the other side is making me out to be. That's his job over the next little while. And he particularly has to do that with the very same suburban women that I, I mentioned earlier. You look at the polls that have come out over the last little while, mm -hmm. and he, he he's doing that. Trudeau's base of support now has been uh, reduced in every region of the country. 
and in every demographic. Uh, the Conservatives are now leading in every region but Quebec. Um, the Demographically, they're doing very well with millennial voters who used to be with, with Trudeau and the Liberals. They've got a strong lead among male voters, and they're starting to, to get more support from women than Justin Trudeau is. Several polls in a row show that they've got about a five-point gap, and that's partly due to women saying they can't back Trudeau anymore, and some of them going to the NDP, some of them going to the Conservatives, but they're not backing them, with the exception of women 55 and over. That is Justin Trudeau's strongest voting block still. You know, and I'm going to ask one last question, you know, before you have to go, Brian, and I mean, forgive my ignorance because you are the, uh, you're the political columnist here. Um, How big of a role does the NDP play in the next election? Because, uh, I mean, we all know that, uh, you know, Singh sold out to to Trudeau and uh, how is that going to play uh, its effect on the next election? Uh, I, I, in my view, the NDP have made themselves uh, irrelevant um, d- due to this coalition agreement that they've got with the government. Um, th- they didn't get that much concrete in everything that they did bring forward, like the dental payments to parents. The Trudeau Liberals have been able to turn around and take all the credit for it. So I'm not sure that Jagmeet Singh and the NDP are, are really benefiting from this agreement they've got with Trudeau. Uh, what the Conservatives have to worry about is the NDP vote collapsing and going in behind uh, the Liberals. Because if that happens, it makes it harder for them to win. They, uh, you know, they're obviously winning voters over from the Liberals. But if New Democrats say, well, I'd rather vote for the Liberals than deal with the Conservative government, then Trudeau gets to stay in power. So in addition to campaigning against Donald Trump, expect Trudeau to campaign to attract NDP voters. This is not your father's middle-of-the-road centrist Liberal Party. It's not. hasn't been for a long time. It's going to become more and more of a progressive socialist party than we've ever seen before. He's already taken it that way. But, you know, Kathleen Wynne took it that way in Ontario, and it decimated the party. So uh, it... Will that happen this time? There's too many factors um, that are up in the air right now between now and, and when an election needs to be called, which is not until 2025. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. This is all fascinating. We all need to keep a close eye into our beloved country and its politics. That is Brian Lilly, everyone, from the Toronto Sun. Brian, thank you so much for taking time on your busy Saturday morning for joining the Carrasco Show here. And hopefully we can have you a little bit more often in the future. So, you know, that's an open invitation to you. We'll talk soon, Greg. Thanks. Thank you, Brian. You scary yet, Lex? That you're going to have the... uh, the Canadian uh, Communist Party taking over the country and uh, uh, next uh, thing you know, you're going to own nothing, you're going to keep nothing because you're going to be taxed 100%. And uh, Scary thought, man. Scary, scary, scary thought. What about you? What do you think? Um, she doesn't. <clears throat> she doesn't want to get involved <clears throat> in politics. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't care about getting involved in politics. I think that, you know, having those open discussions are important to have. And this is how you get rid of crappy ideas. Sunlight. You need to expose those terrible ideas. Discuss them, and then people will make up their own mind. But uh, I feel that Justin Trudeau has been playing 
scare politics for so long, man, so long. It's about what everybody else is doing wrong that makes him better. You know and what I'm saying? Is exactly, that, and that's the thing. That's the, the that, that that's permeated. That kind of idea has been permeating throughout the entire culture, where you can't have an open Socratic discussion with people about the different issues, and because you're just going to get yelled at, shut down, canceled, and uh, it's just it, it it doesn't bode well. And then and, and then you, they you, they dox you. They, uh, they 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 dig up something that's like you know that that you may have done whatever like that, and uh, and it gets frowned upon, it gets uh, jumped on, and uh, you ha- and, and then you get uh, silenced out of the conversation, and it's not and. Uh, for some cases, yeah, okay, fine. Certain cases, no. Well, I'm going to confess something, and uh, there's, you know, what the thing that irritates me the most about Justin Trudeau. Mm. You want to know? Right, let's hear it. His face. <laughs> <laughs> He's got such a punch me face. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> I get a visceral reaction when I see his face. It's like this is. Unsufferable, obnoxious, pompous. <laughs> I just like, oh, really? This guy represents all of us? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can take another three or four years of this person. I don't know. And the second thing is his voice. It's says, yeah, it says, uh, Justin Trudeau, and he's uh, very breathy. He's like, what? <laughs> It's like he's whispering in my ear. He's whispering in the ear of the uh, uh, urban uh, females. <laughs> That's what won him the last election, right? You know, urban urban mothers. Uh, yes, uh, I will save you all from the oh, from the from the boogeyman. <laughs> yes, uh, from the boogeyman. <laughs> Let me be your boogeyman. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, that's uh, just terrible. I, I I can't stand the guy but uh, never mind his politics because he is literally decimating the country we are so much in debt i I'm, I'm hoping that at some point they pull back on this inflation situation because there's going to be a lot of people losing their houses man i'm telling you mm-hmm. the it's coming it's coming the the first batch of newly renewed uh, fixed rate mortgages that were paying 1.9 <laughs> remember that oh my god mm-hmm. 2.1% interest rate they're coming up and guess what there's going to be a harsh harsh reality that a lot of people are going to have to swallow because they, this is unsustainable but you know we were able to get a hold of uh, Dr. K and he's going to be calling in about 3 minutes or so so why don't we take a short break and uh, so we can prepare ourselves for Dr. K and uh, in my bromance with him. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. I hope that all of you slackers come down to the state to the, to the dealership and support, uh, so that way we can keep bringing this message, this refreshing message to you every single Saturday morning. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. When I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. 
Hi, I'm Hazel Grace, and I'm here to let you know that if you want to be my friend, you got to be choked first. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no friendship between us. And you are watching the Greg Kahashko show. Don't miss it and don't blink it. Those were three fast hours. And uh, saving the best for last, we have a doctor in the house. What's up, Doc? Dr. K, thank you for joining me again, man. You know, I, I, you left such a huge impression last time I had you on air that uh, uh, I figured, you know, I got to talk to Dr. K again in relation to all of this stuff because it's, it's quite unbelievable. How are you? Greg, I'm I'm balling. How are you doing, young man? Uh, you know, just crushing it, man. I'm just crushing it. Once you, you know, that whole notion of whatever you seek is seeking you, I look for opportunities and opportunities just find me. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, you, you have a positive outlook on life. You visualize where you want to see yourself going, and it's amazing what falls into place. I couldn't agree more. Well, so I, you know what I visualize? I visualize a, a healthier version of Greg. I, I'm a pretty healthy person. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs and so on. I, and I, for the most part, I try to eat very, very healthy for the most part. But, uh, you know, there, I, there was something that wasn't going right. Uh, and uh, I, I wasn't feeling good anymore. And I figured, you know, I'm going to... Uh, if, I'm going to take a drastic approach to get some drastic results. And uh, I went into in the ultimate elimination system. You know, I decided to eat just just like my ancestors did for, for the most part, just meat. So I switched to carnivore diet um, about 11 days ago. And uh, Dr. K, I, I can't explain uh, eloquently enough, incredible enough, because, you know, people always say, oh, you know, you're biased because, you you know, you've also done a bunch of other things just to stay healthy. But uh, the the initial benefits that I received are nothing short of miraculous. Have you heard this before? You know, I was, I was pretty late to the game when it came to carnivore. I, I, on our show, we did interview Phil Ovandia. He's a, car, he's a uh, cardiac surgeon who went carnivore his whole thesis was he was 300 pounds and he wanted to avoid make sure people avoid landing on his cardiac table doing mm-hmm. the heart operations so he went carnivore this was the first guest and i've had and exposure to it and my eyes were completely open this was a he was telling stories about people coming off their diabetic medications, improving their metabolic syndrome, like high blood pressure, losing weight. But then you were hearing these stories about autoimmune disease being improved. And and I was recently, I guess it's not recently anymore, six months ago, I was at Low Carb Denver, and uh, one of the, oh, I'm going to forget his name, so the, one of the main carnival guys you see on uh, IG all the time, mm-hmm. really big guy, doctor, 6'5". Um, 
he he gave his talk on how he's seen people just absolutely revolutionize, revolutionize their health with a carnivore diet. And they had a database of about 12,000 patients. Oh, Dr. Sean Baker. That's his okay. name, Dr. Sean Baker. And yeah, about 12,000 anecdotes from, from people that have had autoimmunities like, uh, like uh, for example, psoriasis yep. or irritable bowel or, uh, or, or inflammatory bowel disease, thyroid issues that completely have been put in remission by going on the carnivore diet. And a lot of people do, do exactly as you did, Greg, is they'll, they'll try it as almost like an you know, elimination diet. You have a, a problem that you're trying to rectify. You, go, you try going carnivore, and some people will start re- reintroducing some of some of the aspect some other aspects of the diet, but mm-hmm. some others just stick with carnivore and just live their best life. Well, what I can tell you is, uh, you know, I because of how active I am, I need to consume anywhere between twenty five to thirty five hundred calories a day. Otherwise, I'm losing crazy amount of weight, and I can't do that uh, simply because of what I do. And uh, I have been consuming just under three pounds of meat a day. Uh, which is, you know, uh, the, the ratio is pretty strong. It's, it's almost 50% fat. Uh, and uh, I have already lost, you know, a little bit over seven pounds uh, in the last 11 days. Uh, my my cognitive uh, processing speed is like I have updated my modem. It's like, you know, I have uh, updated my my operating system because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a pretty intelligent person, but, you know, I don't think as usually I don't think this fast and that has changed. I see a substantial and material difference in the way that I am approaching life and things, which is something that only I experienced in the initial stages of ketosis back when I went into the ketogenic lifestyle. Um, now, I, I, what I wanted to have you on and, and essentially have this discussion with you is that I I would like to have you on air for about an hour if you if you have uh, if if you have some time for me over the next few weeks in which we can explore the the upsides the downsides the uh, the, the skeptical minds the questions and answer that we uh, that we may have in relation to people that have decided to do this uh, and also how the the food industry in um, in how they react to this because. Uh, what we're speaking is heresy in relation to the food pyramid, but we all know that the food pyramid was nothing more than a marketing scheme for people to sell you more products. That's all it was. And the only one that mm-hmm. is laughing to the bank is not people because people are, have never been this unhealthy. Uh, but the food companies are growing exponentially. Uh, do you want to uh, do you want to engage me at that level for about an hour and have this discussion on air? Greg, I'd love to. There's so much there. There's so much to talk about. Like even the food industry, medical profession. Like go to your doc and go to most of your physicians or clinicians and to ask them if they, you want to go carnivore and what would they say? And most people would frown upon that. And most people would point towards the downsides of eating too much red meat and based on historic and uh and and maybe not the best designed studies so 
I think there's there's so much to to look into, and you know, one of the things is just even hearing your story and looking also at, at how we feed ourselves, like how much processed and how much modified foods are these days. It's one of the, in my opinion, one of the most beneficial aspects of, of, of going a carnivore is that you're eating less processed, more pure food. It's, I mean, especially if you're getting high quality meat. Oh yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're reducing the, the, the risk of having some genetically modified, uh, uh, content, you're, you're, you're not having uh, processed foods, you're less have, you're not having as much carbs, uh, ref- and seed oils, all these things that link towards inflammation. And, uh, you know, if you're your story, it almost is inspiring me to want to go carnivore and try it out. But, uh, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's the people that I know that have, that have, have, done it i've i've heard so many 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 success stories by trying this so yeah you and i having to sit down and and having a conversation about these issues would be a lot of fun yeah so we're gonna we're gonna uh have the station here arrange this for the next time we meet and i also know that you are uh calling me from the icu because that's what you do on saturday mornings right <laughs> yeah i'm on my icu week uh, we luckily Think we got a little bit of a window of time here where things are stable, but yeah, we I yeah, average about um, probably one or one or two weekends a month of, of working in the ICU here. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my real job. <laughs> well, listen, I all the power to you. Uh, you you're making the world better, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me this morning, Doctor K. And uh, have an amazing weekend, and I'll talk to you very 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 soon. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks for thinking of me, Greg. Thank you, Dr. K. I love that guy. I don't know why, man. He was, we just like jives. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. There is some, as, as you get older, you understand very, very quickly when you can align with somebody mm-hmm. or not. Would you, do you have that? Yeah. Is your circle of friends shrinking yeah. now? Yeah, so many. Like, I think I what, have like three or four. Yeah, man. There's only, there's only three in it. my There's only three in my life. There's only three, but it's like I don't I don't have to talk to them every day. No, yeah. I can just pick up where I left off with them, and I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Is you know the ones the, the friends that guilt you because you haven't called them and they make you feel like crap because mm-hmm. you you you're just living. Yeah, it's not good, man. That's some bad energy that I don't want around. But uh, you know I can tell you all my friends they are all relatively successful guys, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all in shape. They are all readers. They are all active. They're all good parents. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's it. I want to model myself to my friends. Yeah. And inevitably, you will become your friends. If you hang out with a bunch of losers, guess mm-hmm. what's going to happen? You're going to be one of them. You're going to be a loser. You're going to be blaming the world that you've been victimized. The system is holding you down no, you and all this systemic oppression. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to sit at home just thinking, oh, my God, the world is something that happens to me. Somebody else is driving my bus. It's not me. And the bus is headed straight to the cliff. And then you're going to wake up in your 40s and think, what the hell did I do? Like, what was I doing with those hanging out with those losers? If the most important part of your week, folks, is which club or which lounge you're going to go and hang out this Saturday night, you're doing life wrong. 
Or whose basement you're going to sit at and just Playing get video high. Games? Oh, yeah. That's another thing, mm-hmm. right? No People just, high, you know, they no just want to sit high, around no and get high. high. Don't act their age. Don't take. Don't want to take responsibility, you know? You know, you just, you, you hit a broken toe right now because... I know several people. I know, me too. Several yep. people that they look forward to playing the next video game and getting high with their bodies. And they're like grown yes. adults. Well, you know, physically they're grown. Grown but adults, mentally, but mentally they're mentally. stuck. They're but children. That, but that's what they don't understand. Like if you continue to, you know, do follow these patterns, you're going to get stuck in that time and that little where you can't explore and you know better yourself as a human you could be married you could have kids you could do all that but you're, if you're still stuck in that little rut you're not going to get anywhere in life you're just going to be negative you're going to have that negativity on your family as well you know you ask them okay where do you see yourself in 10 years it's like oh, I don't know well, okay you can't be my friends dude. you yeah. have no goals you're not serious get the hell out of the way mm-hmm. you know you either need to lead you need to follow or you need to get the hell out of somebody's way because you are an obstacle my friend you are an obstacle and if the most again if, if that's what you're looking for just to sit at home play video games and get high I feel sorry for your girlfriend or your I, wife I, or your wife oh yeah that's even or worse or your, your kids <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That's a that's a pretty scary one. That we have a bunch of grown babies making babies, without any direction whatsoever. Where are they going? Mm-hmm. Is it you know if your kid became just like you, would you be happy? No. So what are you doing? You are the only point of reference that your kid has. Mm-hmm. If you are a pothead, gaming loser like the our basement dweller over here. Like you know, since but me some the of them, but some of them are not even gamers. They just you know, they're just they smoke weed. They do their work, come home, smoke weed, and then they sit in their basement. And then it's like instead of spending that time in the basement, why don't you spend that time with with your family, with your wife or your child, mm-hmm. and have some quality time? Oh, how about this? Pick up a book. Yeah, read, read, expand your horizons. Are mm-hmm. you better than yesterday? Yes or no? There's only one answer to that. Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or Are you better than yesterday? And if you are unsure, you are failing, my friend. You are failing. Don't make the decision. Believe it or not, it's not about quitting. It's not about you know overthinking your life. It's about making a decision. Mm-hmm. All right. Exactly. I will be a better person. And like The Rock said, it's not one day. It's day one. Thank you for indulging me yet again, folks. You've been listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are the absolute best radio show in Canada, in my opinion. And before you make any carbine decision, you need to come down to only one place. Where is that, uh, uh, Lex? Which dealership is that? Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. You know why? Because there's something happening here. At OakvilleNissan.com. Serving with you all. Autobots, roll out!